Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Easy come, easy go. Joey wanted to know if I was going to be singing the Queen song. <laughs> little high, little low, everywhere the wind blows. Does it really matter to me? But no. Uh, this is, this is a, a message that uh, the Lord has given me that hopefully, if you'll take it to heart, will really transform your spiritual walk. I wish that whole world could hear it. I wish the whole world could hear every one of my sermons. <laughs> just, just because, you know, you, 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 you pray over it, you labor over it, you, you, you pour your heart into it, and, and you do your best. And, and I hope that if you pay attention today, take a few notes, take to heart what I'm going to share with you, it, it has the potential to be life transformative for you. So um, we're going to start right here at Mark 1.17 where Jesus says, come follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. Easy come, come follow me, and then Jesus says, then, after you follow me, something's gonna happen, and then you're gonna go. Easy come, easy go. Are you with me? So here's the verse in context in Mark 1. 16 through 18. And Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee and saw Simon, his brother Andrew, casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once, I do like that, they didn't say, well, yeah, you know, let's go home, we'll talk about it, we'll pray about it, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll find out what our schedules look like, whether or not we can go to encounter. No, sorry. Let me get back to the text here. And, and, and come, just come, and they left their nets immediately. Come and go. Easy come, easy go. But what happens between the easy parts? Those are the easy parts. Coming and going, those are the easy parts. A little later, Jesus gives us the insight that we're going to look at here. And that's in Matthew, verse 28 through 30. So here it is again. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened. Anybody? Weary and burdened. That was us, right? And I will give you rest. All right, that's cool. Take my yoke upon you and learn. Not always, you know, Cheryl and I have more than one occasion. said, oh, man, I'm so glad I don't have to go back to school. You can go back and learn a bunch of stuff. But, you know, we like to read, and, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't read. Uh, but you should be a reader, and you should be a lifelong learner. There should be things that you're always wanting to learn. So he says, take, verse 29, take uh, my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, it's easy, easy, come, and, and easy go, and your burden is light. So, so that you understand what we're talking about, we've got easy come. Over here, we're moving this direction, easy go. But what do we have between the easy come and the easy go? The not so easy stuff. The not so easy stuff. So Matthew 28 in the Message Bible sounds like this at the end, the Great Commission. Jesus, um, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge to them. God authorized and commanded me to commission, commission you to co-mission, meaning we're doing this together. It's a co-mission, right? It's just not your mission. It's our mission. Go out and, uh-oh, well, here it is. Do the hard stuff. Train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them with baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then, verse 20, then instruct them in the practice I, I, I've commanded you, and I'll be with you to the end of the age, day after day, right up to the end. As, as easily as I can tell you, this is the pathway to spiritual maturity. And it's the heartbeat not just of me, not just of this church, but really of any pastor, that you, you do more than the easy stuff. You know, 
Easy stuff's for people that like easy things. And I like easy things. But if you want to grow and you want to mature and you want to be on a, a pathway of maturity, spiritual maturity, there's something between the easy come part and the easy go part. So let's get started with the, the rest of the story, right? Um, I'm not proud to tell you that I failed high school algebra. You were the only one that laughed in the entire time. <laughs> I just didn't really care about multiplying polynomials. I didn't think that that was going to be something I would ever really need in my life. Now, if you're a math teacher and that offends you, sorry. Amen. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, you know. But what did I have to do if I wanted to graduate high school? I had to take algebra one over again. Yeah, I know. I know. And I passed it that time. Because there are people that actually know more than you in your life, and you actually have to buckle down, you have to learn something once in a while. Because though you may think you're smart, you may very well be smart, but you may not know the particular discipline that you're endeavoring to understand. Well, I understand it. Well, okay, that's great. Um, I'm interested, I'll just give you a side note real quick. I'm interested in, in powered paragliding right now. It's my, it's my newest hobby that I have not done yet is powered paragliding. And I would suggest that if you do that, you'll learn a little bit about it before you go do it. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what's interesting about powered paragliding, they're actually called, they're in the category of experimental aircraft, so there's no FAA license for that. So you can actually, the instructor said, you can buy one and kill yourself today if you'd like to. That's what he told me. He says, you can buy it and die today because you don't have to have a license to fly a powered paraglider. You can just get on the internet, buy one, go find a mountaintop, jump off it, and there you go. But you ought to know that there's people that know more things about something than you do. And so math was one of those things for me that I had to go and learn again. So that's what this message is about for all of us today. So we start with the easy. The easy part is coming, right? All you are weary, come on, come on, right? Um, I don't know if you've ever really dug into the reality of like uh, a Billy Graham crusade. Wonderful. Bent helped uh, Franklin Graham and all of that and, and crusades and large mass appeals for people. Um, but it's really quite stark, stark. It's quite devastating. It's quite humiliating. That's probably the best word. That one year after all those thousands of people come forward and, and make a commitment to Christ, that 6% of them stick that their life has been changed in some regard. Only 6%. That's, that's disgusting. That's horrible. You know why? I'll tell you why. Because coming is so easy. Now, if you've ever been involved in those kind of crusades, there's always the follow-up team, the follow-up team. We're going to follow up. And then that never really happens because uh, they were oftentimes moved with compassion and understanding and their sins are being forgiven. And then they're told to sit down in a straight row, stare at the back of someone's head for 45 minutes, sit down, be quiet, don't talk, just listen to us. And these, this good information will change your life if you make good decisions. See, that's the problem with that is that we bought into the cultural, we, we bought into the industrial revolution, and we bought into all this, this, this idea that, you know, good information is all you need. Well, you can have good information, but you don't know how to use the information, you're, you're, not, gonna, you're not gonna succeed. And so the coming part, when Mar in Mark chapter one, where it says, at once they left their nets and they followed him, um, we, know the, we know the fallout rate's really, really high. But it wasn't for the disciples. Every one of them, except Judas, decided, I'm, I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to win it so much, I'm willing to be martyred for my faith. That's how convinced I am of what happened to me when I met him on the shore, and he said, come on and follow me. So what happened between their come and their go? I'm going to tell you right now, it was three and a half years of hard stuff. Was there joy in there? Yes. Was there hilarity in there? Yes. Was there laughter in there? Yes. Was there downtime and rest and relaxation? Yes, 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 yes. 
And going, I'll get way ahead of myself here in a second. Going, there are people that come and get saved and next thing you know, I'm gonna go be a missionary in Bangladesh. Boom, and their life blows up and their marriage blows up and their family blows up and they have no idea the target they just put on their back when they stepped out and said, I'm gonna go do that without getting at least what at least what the 12 disciples thought they needed three and a half years. Uh, boy, I better learn about power paragliding before I strap that thing on my back and jump off a mountain. Are you following with me? All right. So that's, that's the salvation. That's, that's, well, that's hard. No, that in comparison to what you need to do and be as a born again, on fire, spirit filled, Holy Ghost Christian, that's the easy part. Getting saved was the easy part. I mean, I don't know about you, but I prayed the sinner's prayer maybe 20, 30 times before it actually stuck. All right? It's just, it's, it was ubiquitous. Come on, give your life to Jesus. Give your life, okay, give my life to Jesus. And then, no, but then when I just, boom, okay, I got it, got it. And some people in the church today, three, five, seven, 20, 30 years later, are happy with the easy come and don't want to concern themselves with anything else. So what comes after that? Matthew 11, I already told you. He says, come to me, verse 28, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you, wait a second. I thought we were coming to be, coming to be discipled and coming to be, to be massaged into the likeness of Christ and to be, to be pressured and to be pushed and to have stuff broken off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before you do the really hard stuff, let's start here. I'll give you rest. Then take your yoke upon you and learn from me. So what's so hard about resting? Have you tried lately? I'm not talking about going to bed, but I'm just talking about resting. That's, that, that's, a, that's a monumental challenge for a lot of people. How do I know that? It's because it's so important that we rest. God made it part of the Ten Commandments. Listen to this. The Lord says, do nothing. That will please me. In Sabbath, he says, stop it. Just rest. Don't do anything because that pleases me. These are fishermen up at the crack of dawn, out, you know, mending nets, do work and work and work and work. And Jesus says, hey, chill. Relax. Relax. Rest, but I want to go. I want to. I want to save the world. I want to give. And this is the ministry. And save the people. And save the people. And help. And then give. And then go. No, no. Before any of that, you gave your life to Jesus, right? Come, easy come. Now let's get. Let, let, let's buckle up here. Rest. But I want. No, 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 no. Just rest. Relax. Have fun. Get acclimated, here it is, get acclimated to your new life. That's how you're going to rest. See, the kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, does not operate like the world's kingdom. This, watch me now, this is not that. And when you bring that in here, you have this striving mentality. You have this, get it done. And my boss says it's got to be done by Friday. And, you know, I'm as guilty as the next guy. I ask that something gets done around here. And then someone who doesn't know me says, when would you like that done? And my, my pat answer is yesterday. I always want it done yesterday. Why would I let the grass grow under my head? Get it done. If you got time to do it, get it done. I mean, that's just the way I was raised. Why would you put off to tomorrow what you can do today? Get it done. Get it done. That's, you can actually do the wrong, you can actually do the right thing in the wrong time. So this resting period, this is the second thing we're talking about. So we've, we've got this come, this easy come, and now we're talking about resting. This is where we rewire ourselves. Because if you bring that in here and you kind of, op- you, you want to operate in your life here, like out there and out there, it's like the strongest survive, you know, the, and, and, and the lion eats the gazelle and, and you, you know, the, the fit, strongest, the fittest, and I'm going to elbow my way to the front because that's the only way that I'm going to get what I want, what I deserve, because I'm the, you ever seen people bring that into here? Doesn't work, does it? It, it shouldn't. Unfortunately, in some places it does, but that isn't in an atmosphere of rest. Learning to work 
from a place of rest. I'm resting and I'm working. I'm, I'm doing, but from an attitude and a place of rest. You know, and, and, and this is a, a revelation, a revolution and a revelation that came to me many years ago that when God asks me to do something, he doesn't want it done as much as he wants me to be faithful doing it in the process. Because if he really wanted it done, he could go, done. Didn't need you, Eric. Never did need you. I just ask you to do it so I could watch your faithfulness in the process. That's all I needed. That's all, I, that's all I want, just relationship. And you're going to do that best from an attitude and a posture of rest. So, everyone rests. Yeah, I mean, in the Sabbath, animals rested from their work. I mean, even the land. The land was supposed to rest. Every seven years, you're not going to plant anything. We're not going to harvest anything. Resting is something that pleases God, but it's very hard for us, particularly Western-minded um, left-brained people to do. So in Matthew 11, we just read it. Come to me all you're weary and heavy ridden and I will give you rest. Then learn from me. So we come, easy come. Resting, okay, this, this is not that. How do we operate here? How does this whole thing called the church work? You're the CEO of some corporation and you come in here and you think this is run like that. It's not. This is run totally separate. It's different. And there's this place of rest that is at the core of who we are. So we have easy come. Then we've got resting. Then we step into the hardest category, in my opinion, which is the learning. He says, take my yoke and learn. So once you come in, rest, relax, figure it all out, look around during greeting time today. That's part of that whole process. Just saying hi. Who are you? Learn, come, let's learn about each other here a little bit. This is part of acclimating yourself to this thing called the church. But now this discipleship process. Here's the definition. The art of discipleship is actually the rewiring of your mind. The rewiring of your mind so that we easily and routinely, dare I say, spontaneously act and think like Jesus. That's a mouthful. What that means is this. The thing that you used to do like viscerally without thinking about it, that's your natural reaction. To be rewired means now I have a new, not natural, I have a supernatural reaction to what's just happened. That's the art of discipleship. Let me just tell you it like this. If you have to ask yourself, WWJD, what does that stand for? What would Jesus do? If you have to ask yourself that, you've not rewired your mind. You're still in the process. Right? Because, watch, my left brain, my left brain, Analytical, taking care of all these analytical things. My right brain, all being creative and so forth. But when you get saved, when you get saved, oftentimes we just forget about your right brain, this in love, touchy-feely, creative, emotive side, and we just tell you to sit down in a straight row and listen to this information. Because if you get enough of this information, that's going to transform you. No, you know what transformed me? When I fell in love with this beautiful lady down front. Now my gut reaction is not, well, what, should, what would a good husband do? No, I know what a good husband should do because I'm in love, love, a right, listen to me, a right-brained activity, which is love, is now driving my life. Not 10 commandments, rules and regulations, the five love languages, what would Dave Ramsey say? No, what would, what, no, 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 listen, listen. When love is running my mind, I don't have to ask WWJD. I just have a new supernatural reaction because I fell in love. Mm. Hang on. We'll get there. So training, 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 training. Yeah, that's what we're doing when we rewire our mind. Then what do we do? We go. Matthew 28. Therefore, when it's all said and done, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go. What is that? Go. Go do something now. So easy to come. You reacclimated your life, right? You made some friends. You started to rethink. Now you're rewiring your brain. You're getting discipled. You're learning some stuff. And then 
It should be natural to go. But if you don't feel, if you don't, if you've not gone through the process, two things can happen. A, you can, you can fly the coop prematurely, which I've seen. Well, there's two ends of the spectrum. One of them is they fly the coop early and they just cause havoc wherever they go. Just cause havoc wherever they go because they, they weren't discipled, they weren't trained. And then those who, as a pastor, you go, you kick him in the backside every six months. Would you please stop being on the love boat because the gospel ship is a working vessel and you should all have calluses on your hands, not asking me to put little funny pink umbrellas on your drink every Sunday because that's not my mojo. My mojo is a, come on, get saved, reacclimate your life, learn some stuff, and then go do it. That's my responsibility according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. My job is not to do the ministry. My job is to train you to do the ministry. That was the problem that I had in seminary is they taught me what I needed to know, but they didn't teach me how to teach other people to do that. So now 32 years later, we're still in the process. Go work. Because if you don't, you really don't have faith. James chapter 2, verse 17, faith without works is dead. So how does that work? How, 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 how does this whole thing unfold? Well, think of in the natural if and when you've ever had children, right? You don't tell, oh, welcome to the family. Welcome to all oh, you're born. We just had our fourth grandchild, a little jubilee. Little Jubilee, boom, awesome. We're not asking her to clean, uh, to, to empty the dishwasher right now. I mean, she doesn't even talk. All she does is eat and fill her diaper. That's all she does. That's it. That's it, right? But she's perfect right where she, she's perfect the way she should be. I said she's perfect right where she should be because she just came in living, coming into the family. Boom, boom, boom. Born again, right? So now there's this acclimation. This is dad's face. This is mom's face. This is grandma's face. This is grandpa's face. This is Aunt Annie's face. This is uncle's face. This, and you're learning. This is how we do things in our family. And this is blah, 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 blah. And then it comes time to really buckle down and learn, like tie your shoes. Some Christians still want me to tie your shoes. I refuse to tie your shoes. Not because I don't like you, but because I love you. Tie your freaking shoes. Tie your shoes, would you? Button it up. Come on, man. When we, talk about, when we stand up here and talk about tithing and offering, it's not for those of you that have been, been serving. That's for brand new Christians. Because if, you, if, if, if you're with the Lord for any length of time and that's not your mode, listen, grow up. Gee, Louise, read your Bible. Pray. That's all this stuff way back here. But if you've been walking with the Lord for a while and, and that's still irritating you, Good. Good. That's the goal, to get you to go with a little bit of information. Easy come. Easy go. Resting is hard. Resting is hard, at least it is for me. Isn't it? Tell your three-year-old it's time to go take a nap. Huh? I don't want to take a nap. They throw themselves down. They twist around. I don't want to take a nap. I don't want to take a nap. But you're the parent. You know that they need that rest. I said, you're the parent, and you know a little bit more than a three-year-old. And you tell them, sit down. We're going to have quiet time right now. I don't want to have quiet time. Well, if you don't have quiet time, you're going to be a pain in the butt all night long. You need a little downtime. You need a little rest yourself. So some churches, as soon as they sense, listen to me, somebody gets into the kingdom of God, boom, born again. Hey, go do this ministry, go do that ministry, go do this ministry, we need this greeter, we need an usher, we need a Sunday school. No, 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 that's not how it works around here. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? We say, no, come on, come to the chili cook-off. Come on out, hang out, go to a connect group. We're not making any demands on you. We just want you to learn the culture. That's the resting part, see? Go on encounter. Oh, encounter. I'm way ahead of myself, but I'm running out of time. Go on and count it. Well, then what happens? Well, then it gets a little harder. So you learn. You're growing up. Mom takes little Susie in the kitchen. Let's learn to bake a cake. Are they going to do it right the first time? No, but mom's going to help. Dad changing the oil, helping your little brother or sister fold the laundry, take out the trash, cut the grass, caring for the all age-appropriate things. 
Go reproduce yourself. Now teach, now teach your little brother how to do that. Teach your little sister how. You know how to empty the dishwasher. Now show your little sister how to do that. Show your little brother how to do that. I shouldn't have to train them how to do that. I trained you how to do that. Now you go train them how to do that. Is this making sense to anybody? Or am I just really enjoying myself today? <laughs> right? I just need you to understand. Jesus said, come on, let's rest. This isn't that. Learn and then go. Now, the interesting thing about that whole process is, <clears throat> where in there did Jesus say stop? He didn't say stop. So we're in the process. Here's the question then. Looking at that, looking at that progression to maturity, where are you in that process? Or where have you stopped in your maturity? Well, I've served the Lord for 35 years. Great. You're still in diapers and sucking your thumb. A little embarrassing. A little embarrassing to the church that we're still having to change your diaper. Got you in a pair of depends. Spiritual depends. Holy cow. Grow up. Learn something. Right? I mean, you have to teach a child to tie their shoes. You can't wear Velcro. Well, some of you do your whole life. I mean... So for us, this is what it looks like around here. It's live, connect, grow, and go. If you haven't figured out, that's what we do around here. These are our core values. These are four words that if you've been around here any length of time, you may have begun to smell them because this is how we do things. Live, connect, grow, go. Live, I have come that you might have life. Jesus said that. Connect. Greater love has no man than this. He laid down his life for his friend. Grow. Learn from me. Matthew 11, we just read. And then go into all the world and make disciples. So, are we clear? Living, the living part, the come, that's easy. That's salvation. But this connect part, activities, you know, we got new Wednesday night classes that are coming up on Wednesday night. That's not encounter. My, my, my heart is for you to go on encounter. To go on encounter and, and go from just enjoying the, the low-hanging low fruit that is available at Destiny Church because we're nice people and we're friendly and we're loving people, that you, you move beyond just the low-hanging fruit and, and get beyond the consumer mentality and say, I'd like to actually participate. I'd like to be part of what goes on around here. Well, that, that's how you go on encounter. Does it mean um, these other classes? Uh, those are people that have already been on encounter. Given the choice between going to these other classes on Wednesday night, which start this week, or going on encounter, go on encounter, go on encounter. The other are great; they're nice supplements. They're like they're like supplements. You know what supplements are? The, for you old people, you take supplements, right? Right. You take supplements, right? Listen, I, I, I listen, 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 listen. I don't want to take vitamin D. I want to go out in the sun, right? I don't want to take vitamin E. I want to eat fish. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take vitamin C tablets. I want an orange, right? You can have supplements all day long and they're going to nurse you and you're mature enough and you're involved in ministry. You're doing some other things. Yeah, I'd like to go hang out with some people, learn some things, get some fresh information. That's Wednesday night class, right? But encounters were really, really you, you step from this idea of being just connected to, no, I want to be discipled. I want to learn something so that if and when I do have to jump off a mountain with a parachute on my back, I know how to fly the thing. So that's where we try to engage more of your right brain. You may not know this. You may never really thought about it. But this is where we really try to engage all of you. <laughs> you ever heard of, oh, we'll mail it in, which is, a, which, is a, which is a catchphrase for, I don't really want to be there. I'll just mail it in. Well, or listen, do you have that online? Can we take those classes online? Can I offer them online? Absolutely. Will I ever? No. Why? Because that's not how iron sharpens iron. Right? You can watch a fireplace burn on your little TV screen all day long and you'll never be warmed by it. Why don't you come face to face with me? Come face to face with David. Come face to face with Delante. Come face to face with somebody where they irritate you and I, I, irritate, you, you, I irritate you and you irritate me. You know what happens there? Beautiful things happen there. 
You know why? Because we're involved in life together. We're discipling each other. He irritates me. I irritate him. We get to talk about it. We get to work through it. We don't yell and scream at each other. We actually have disagreements and we get through it. Gosh, that sounds like how the church should work. That's crazy. But if one of us is just wearing a diaper, golly gee, you're wearing me out, Frank. Hopefully there's no Franks here. I don't even know know what that was. Uh, It was just a name I came up with that I hoped that no one was here with. Is there a Frank here today? Oh, praise the Lord. No Franks. Good. So here's what I want you to understand. This is what I want you to understand what happens in growth track, in this growth phase. Connecting, easy. Chili cook-offs, wonderful. Hang out, yeah. Do a canoe trip down the Sangamon, wonderful. That's all just getting to know each other. There's no iron sharpening iron there. That's just reacclimating yourself to a new level of community. But when you get to this grow thing, it has to be, it has to engage both hemispheres of your mind. Because if all I do is sit you down and give you information, you can become a PhD in Bible and still go to hell. You got to learn something about love. At times, it's really my mode of operation to irritate you. It really is just to see how you will react if love will come out or if your pride will come out. Growth track, yes, learn the stuff. We, 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 we want you to take the information. It's all about information. But you can graduate from growth track just full of pride and a pain in the church's rear. Yes. You can, unless you drill down to what it's really about. And that is teaching you to rewire how you think. And the only thing that rewired how I think is when I fell in love, which is a right brain activity. This ooey gooey, artsy, not analytical, the four, Roman road. If I know the Romans road, I'll be a nice, kind person. No, you won't. Not necessarily. I know a lot of really stuffy, ignorant, uncomfortable people to be around. People who know the Roman road, who can quote it upside down and down the other side. So this is just not all left brain analytical stuff we're trying to teach you. What we're trying to teach you is how to love one another. And you may not even understand, some of you that are even in it right now, that this is, this, is, this, is what we're, this is what we're about. And here's why. If you only listen, if you only write down one verse today, write this verse down. If you ever underline it, but I'd li- I challenge you to, if you, oh, I want to be a disciple of God. I want to learn, I want to learn, I want to learn. That's very good. That's all left brain information. But for you to really be a great disciple, here's where it starts. The only verse you need to know from today is John 14, 23. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. (laughs) Of course. No, listen. Listen to the linear progression of that statement. If you love me, fall in love with me, fall in love with you, then I don't have to ask WW. Well, someone's aiming a gun at my wife. Should I jump in front of that bullet or shouldn't I? WW, what would you, and I analyze, should I? No, love compels me. That's my visceral, unsolicited response. It's not natural, it's a supernatural response. Why? Because I love, the, ve- the verse says, John 14, 23, if anyone loves me, he will obey my commands. Why am I trying to teach you to obey commands when I can teach that to a dog? Right. Right. Come on. Teach a parrot to say the Lord's Prayer. This isn't, yes, I understand, the pendulum is swinging both ways. I'm not being super dogmatic, but I have to make the point. If all we emphasize is, is left brain, analytical, memorize this, get this, read this book, file, memorize that scripture, da, 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 you, can, you can graduate and still have a terrible attitude and be a pain in the rear end of the church for the rest of your life because you did growth track. Well, congratulations. What we're trying to do is to get you face to face. We're not going to let you Skype it in. We're not going to let you, we're not going to let you mail it in. We're not going to just, Hey, fill this paper. No, no, no. We're actually, we're actually concerned about whether or not you're in love with Jesus and his bride, which is other people who irritate you, the church. You know what you call that? You call that maturity, the pathway to spiritual maturity. Get saved, get connected, readjust yourself, connect yourself, blah, blah, blah. Now, how do you get into this thing called growth track is through encounter. You go on encounter. What what happens on encounter? 
we actually get to engage you in your right brain. There's things there that are, we don't sit there and just read, you know, if, if, if <laughs> it, it, oh my gosh, I do not have the time to go there. But, but listen, listen, if it's all about, you know, just, just open up the guidebook because we're wired to follow rules, right? And if they don't do the rule right, then they don't belong with us. That's not how it works. That's not how family works. That's not how family works. You want good fruit, right? You want good fruit in the church? Right. Where does good fruit start? In the soil. If all we're after is fruit, I'll just go to the store and buy fruit. I don't, I don't, I don't want bought disciples. I don't want bought Christians. They come to the church because we have the biggest singing Christmas tree. Listen, I don't want people to come to this church because they have the best pastor. Hey, you ought to come to my church. My pastor's awesome, man. He preaches great. You ought to come to my church. Our music rocks. Our churches, our music there is so wonderful. Our Wednesday night programs are the best Wednesday night programs. All you're doing is you're feeding the consumer mentality. How about we say this? You ought to come to my church because we are ridiculously in love with each other. We just, we always love each other. And they say stupid stuff, but they always say stupid stuff. We hope they grow up someday. And, you know, they're a little obnoxious, but, you know, they're part of us. And it's my weird Uncle Frank. You understand what I'm saying? We still love a weird Uncle Frank. We love him. We love him. We wish that Uncle Frank wouldn't be so weird. We wish that he'd grow up and mature a little bit. But that's what Uncle Frank is. I have a hard enough time controlling myself. Why am I trying to control you? How about we just love each other because love covers a whole multitude of stuff, right? We're gonna love each other. Yes, there's absolutes and yes, there's right brain, left brain information and yes, 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 yes. Creeds are important, but you don't get born again from a creed. You don't change your life from a creed. I believe in God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And yes, I believe all that stuff too, but just because you believe it doesn't transform your heart. I believe that marriage should be monogamous. But if I'm not in love, what I believe has no, has no, no gauge on that, right? I'll be out trying to look at all, all other kind of women. Well, I believe, I believe, well, it's good for you, you know. Whatever you believe is good for No, no. Let's love. Jesus says, I'll go back. John 14, 23. If you haven't written it down, you're probably immature or you don't care. Or you, or you don't care. Or I'm just, you know, a talking head on a Sunday morning. But if you're here and you actually want to learn something, this is kind of cool. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. Amen. If you love me, here, fall in love with me. Help, help me, pastor, fall in love with Jesus. Okay, let's have a, a worship service on, on a Friday night. Just come out and let's just fall in love with Jesus. Well, aren't you going to preach the word, brother? Aren't you going to preach the word? You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit does a much better job than me, than me. <laughs> you know, do you, I want to hear from our Lord, right? I know, I know. I'm just a little wound up. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Why are we here? We're, we're not here because we have shared ideas, right? Because that's a creed-driven church. Um, we're here because... You know, because we all dress this way, we all read this version of the Bible. It's the only reason we're here, because we all have the same beliefs. And as soon as you don't believe like me, you gotta go. Because it's just the way we believe. Right? That's not how it works. We're not gathered over a shared, like common ground. What actually binds us together is love. What binds us together is love. Because if I love you, oh, you're, you know, you're a, you, you ride horses and you ride motorcycles. What, what do those people have in common? Zero. You know, I, I like uh, Chinese food and you like uh, Italian food. We'll never go out to eat together, but you can love each other. Well, my passion is cooking and my passion is bowling. Wonderful. It's not going to happen in the same place. Right? So if, if we gather because of shared things that we like, no. How about shared things that we love? When that binds us together, then we can be different and still love each other. Right. Like, like I think of my mother-in-law, Cheryl's mom. Uh, she worked at an insurance. She was an insurance claim person. Uh, not a claim person. She was an underwriter for years and years and years and years. And, years. and um, she, after she retired, she still went back for the Christmas parties. Why would she do that? Because she loved insurance? No, she loved the people. 
She loved the people. That's what this is about. Oh, we come to destiny. We at the best. No, no, we just love people ridiculously. That when you really screw up, and there's been some major screw ups, we go, you know what? We still love you. And we can, and I'll tell you what, in, in this whole discipleship process, you know what's beautiful about that? When you open yourself up for being better, which is called criticism, you don't know. And being humble and saying, some people have a hard time saying, I don't know. You got to get over that. I just don't know. I have this, I have this wonderful, I have this wonderful little example. Do we have time to do this? Yeah. <clears throat> All right, it's going to be quick. All right. Come here, Prashal kids. Come on, get up here real quick. I don't have all day. Hustle. But rest, but rest while you do it. But rest while you do it. Right, right. All right, come on. Right. Okay, come over here. Put your, put your hand out. Put your hand in there. Not you. Come over here. Stand here, face him. Put your hand in here. Together forever. (laughs) Now, there is a way for you to untangle yourselves without untying these, without untying these, nothing like that. Not untying that, nothing like that. But take a minute and just try to do that, okay? I'm going to keep preaching while you do that. Okay, not that you're going to pay any attention to what I'm saying at this moment because you're going to... You're going to watch the hilarity of what's unfolding here. But this is, act- this is, actually, this is, actually, this is, this is actually an object lesson in you don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it. I know how to do it. I know how to do it. I do. I've done it. I did it last night with my wife to make sure I knew how to do it just to be on the safe side. So I actually practiced it. I actually practiced it. And I said, how do you do that? I want to make sure I do it right. Because tomorrow I'm going to be in church. And when I get this right, they're just going to look foolish. And I'm going to look foolish. No. But pretty soon, they're going to get frustrated enough. And they're going to say, hey, Eric, would you show us? Because we don't know how to do it. Pretty soon. Pretty, pretty soon. Pretty soon they're going to get frustrated enough. And they're going to say, Eric, Eric, please show us. Because we're tired of being embarrassed up here and everybody's watching us and we're going to be on television and everything and no one knows how to do it. It's just going to be so embarrassing. We don't even know how to do it. But sooner or later, they're going to say, hey, Eric. Sooner or later, they're going to say, hey, Eric, would you help us? Wait, wait, wait. What? 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 Can you help us? Why? Don't you know? No. You don't know? He says he doesn't know. Wow. That's like the first step in learning how to do it. Rather than just kind of keep, let me tell you, whoever told you if you just try harder, you'll get it done is a liar. Tell that to the fly who's, who's buzzing against a piece of glass. <laughs> You're sliding go door. You know, if they would just move over six inches, they could fly right out. Try harder. Try harder. Trying harder isn't always the answer, ladies and gentlemen. You just got to say, listen, I don't know. Could you train me? Could you teach me? And rather than some puffed up teacher, well, I know the answer. Let me go show you how to do this, you stupid people. No, I have compassion because I had to learn how to do it too. Because it's nearly impossible unless you know. And I know. All right, come up here, you two. You're not going to get it. Stand right there. I'll help you. Look at each other. What kind of mess did you get in here? (laughs) Holy cow. We got to. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get back to square one because I don't have the time to walk you through climbing over each other again. All right, so there's that. Get yourself out of there. All right. Wow, you did a good job of messing yourself up. All right, so just go here. Put it back on here. Right? Now watch. You ready? No, just stand there. Watch. Just take this. You can double it up like that. You run it right through here. Now put your hand through there. Now pull it out. Watch what happens. Pull your hand out. Look at that. Yeah. Just, it just comes undone that easy. We can play with it after church later if you want to. Here, take those. Take those home. This is your parting gift from Destiny Church today, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, worship team, come on back up. Um, I'm, go- I'm going to redeem the balance of my time because you said, Eric, go ahead and do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim my four minutes back. I'm going to tell you um, w- what it is 
if, if you're unaware, and listen, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not anti any other church, but this is the way we do church. We do church. Uh, churches do church the way their leadership does church, but this is the way we do church. We, we are cultivating here. We, we, we have a culture here. We have a culture here, a culture of honor. Here's what, here's what we do. We take God's commands seriously. We reconcile quickly. We remain faithful. We keep our word. We love our enemies. We forgive others. We're careful with our hearts. We find out what pleases God. We're people who share in others' pain. We avoid exposures to darkness. We're defenders of the weak. We invite and embrace correction because where we don't have a choice in growing older, we do have a choice in growing up. We use our time carefully. We're people who remind each other who they really are when they forget. See, that's what real accountability is. I wish I could have another hour to talk to you just about accountability. Do you have an accountability partner? Do you have an accountability partner? Yeah, I have a whole church full of them because when they see that I'm not living up to, the, to who I am in Christ, they say, Eric, you know, you can do so much better than that. Rather, I saw you sin. Sinner, I'm your accountability partner. Drop and give me 20. Drop and give me 20. Hail Marys, our fathers, whatever. What? That's not accountability. Accountability says, man, you can do so much better than that. Why are you doing that? Why are you acting a fool? Why are you being so crazy? Let's grow up. Let's learn. See? We're grateful people. We walk in love. We want to be known not because of our wide variety of programs, our amazing pastor or preacher or music or lights or campus. We want to be known as people who love because if you love him, then you'll obey. Last thing. We need fewer facts to memorize and more examples to imitate. Gosh, I wish I had time to un- unpack that. Right? Follow me. Uh-uh. Follow me as I follow Christ. See, there's a big, 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 big difference. I mean, this day and age, pastors, preachers fall left and right. Hmm. Follow me as I follow Christ, as I love Christ. Then you start acting out of a supernatural reaction. Not at what WWJD, it's too late when the WWJD hits the fan. You got to have something that's right, come right. I'm going to jump in front of that bullet. Why? Because of love. Greater love has no man than this. So get on encounter. I double dog dare you. I double dog dare you. Like Ryan said, there's people who've been part of this church for years and haven't. That's okay. We still love you. We're not telling you you gotta go, but we're gonna keep at it. About every six months, I'm gonna remind you, you really are, just because you're old doesn't mean you're mature. Grow up. Well, I know all that stuff. Mm, maybe not. Maybe not. I've been at this thing called the Christian life for 30, almost 33 years now. I'm still learning. Learn every day. Because I want to, you know what the biggest test for me, uh, reacting out of love? Driving. I want to just absolutely tear the head off of some people. The other day, I drove to Bloomington up 55 on Labor Day weekend. What was I thinking? Every crazy person and their mother is out driving on I-55. I'm like, almost, I lost my salvation. Almost. I'm like, they're going crazy, man. People zigging and zagging. And I, did the whole, I told my wife, I said, listen, I need to be more loving when I drive. Because there's one, the, the one, the, the, the horn honk that says, hey, you may want to rethink that goes beep, 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 like beep. But when you're just beep, like, I nearly blew a fuse in my fuse box in my truck the other day because I just laid on my horn. This guy's being stupid. Listen, he may be in a hurry. I don't know. I just got to be, I got to be, I got to be more loving. I, anybody else got to be more loving? I got to be more loving. I just got to be. And the only way I'm going to, the only way I'm going to be more loving is when I fall in love with Jesus more. Right? 
So why don't you stand with me? Keith, you got something? You, you, how about that song? This is the song that Keith wrote. Let's just sing this as we go, and then I'll dismiss you in a minute. I will wait upon you, Jesus. Sing it for me. I will wait on you, Jesus. saying we're broken but you're the answer we don't love as good as we should we need to love better and the first and foremost love we have to have is for you and if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus now's the moment you say God I am broken I need you and you just lift your hand with us and say here we are God we need you we're on a journey of spiritual maturity we want to grow up we want to learn we want to grow we want to go change the world because faith without works is dead so help us easy come easy go but in the middle in the hard place where hell is in the hallway between one door and the other god help us in the hallways of life moving from one place to another in a spiritual realm god open our eyes and our hearts not to rush but just to rest to wait on you to fall in love with you to know your hand is with us and on us Fill us with hope and peace today. We surrender our life, whether today is the first time or the hundredth time. Be transformed in your mind, not just your left brain, but your right brain too. Fall in love all over again. Let's take one more minute here and just rest. And so, Father, today as we go and we leave this place, may what happens to us be more than just this, this last hour, but may it change the way we think in our relationship with you and with others around us, brothers and sisters, truly brothers and sisters in Christ. And now may the peace of God that passes understanding, draw your heart, keep your heart, and strengthen your heart with the name of Jesus above every other name. May you go in peace and serve him with gladness in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.